recovering from addiction of drugs or alcohol or addicted to porn and there's broken relationships and divorce and and uh, maybe this time of year is a little bit wonky because your family is kind of broken up and divided and you got to spend time here and there and your kids got to move around and those things are are difficult and parenting issues and sometimes there's discord in a family about uh, you know where does god you know rank in this whole thing and why do we need to be at church and we don't want to be at church and these kind of things can all happen as well and uh can be problems, finances, teenagers, and parenting, and all those kind of hardships. What is there to be thankful for? I want to talk about what there is to be thankful for. It's going to be a really, really, really short sermon, so you can write that down first. It'll be the first thing you can be thankful for. But right now, I'm going to dismiss uh, the kids. We didn't do that. I didn't do that well. I want to dismiss the kids that are going to kids' church four years old through fourth grade. If you want to head that way, you're welcome to do that. Hmm. That's right. Apparently Harper's going to kids' church. (laughs) uh, We're uh, going to pray. And then uh, I'm going to try and tell you something to be thankful for and uh, be one of the shortest sermons I ever preached. So um, let's pray. Father God, uh, there are things for us to be thankful for. Sometimes we, uh, in our minds, um, we grab a hold of all those things that hurt our hearts and kind of build a wall around us. And uh, Father, I just ask that you would work through your spirit this morning to, uh, to teach us, to draw us close to you, and to see us in our proper relationship to you. Um, give me your words. Help us to forget about everything else that's going around and all the things that uh, we do here at church, and, and just help us to remember what you want us to know. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles and want to open them up to the book of Romans chapter 8, I'll be reading from the New International Version. Words will be on the screen here behind me. And just want to make our way through this passage of Scripture. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit and give a little bit of commentary and read a little bit and give a little bit of commentary. And uh, we're just going to make our way through that. And maybe by the time we get done making our way through that, we're going to come up with a kind of a mindset that we can be thankful for, uh, because uh, life can be hard, and um, really, uh, we want to be thankful. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 26, it says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Sometimes life is hard, and we can feel really weak, beat down, tired. And we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit that lives 
inside of us when we become a Christian. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. What's that mean? That means God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he who searches our hearts, who searches our hearts? The Bible tells us that God searches our hearts. He knows us and looks into us and wants to be connected to us. And that he who searches our hearts, that's God, he knows the mind of the Spirit. Well, the Spirit is in us, and God knows what he's thinking. God puts his spirit in us when we are Christ followers, and God knows what the spirit is thinking. And so he, he, he who searches our hearts, God does that. He knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints. And who are the saints? The saints are anyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, been baptized in him, and, and they say, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christ follower. Not just somebody that goes to church, but as a Christ follower of saints in accordance with God's will. God has a plan, and he wants us to follow Scripture and live the way he wants us to live. Starting in verse 28, it goes on and it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew. That's mankind. God knows every one of us. He made us. The Bible tells us that before we were born, he made us. And the Bible tells us that before he created the world, he knew what he was going to be creating. And that Jesus was there before the world was created as well. And it says, for those God foreknew, that's all of us. He also predestined. What does predestined mean? It means he has a plan. He knows us and he planned it. To be conformed. We are to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That's his plan. That he, Jesus, he, he, Jesus is the he that he's talking about. That, he, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. Before God created the world, Jesus was with God in heaven. And he knew that he would send his son one day and that his son would become the savior one day and that a Jesus would then be the patriarch of all believers, that he might be the firstborn among many believers. Jesus was the first to follow and be obedient to his father, God. And those he predestined or planned, he also called those, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. What's it mean to be justified? Well, you want, you want to be justified. What does that mean? It means to be made right with God. So God knows the spirit 
that is inside of us when we become a Christian. And God communicates with the Spirit, and the Spirit communicates with God. And Jesus is there, and he's at work within us as well. And it says, and those he predestined or planned, he also called and those he called, he also made right with him or justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. He gave him up for us all. How will he not also, among him, graciously give us all things? He gave up his son. He'll certainly bless us by giving us everything we need. Verse 33 says, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who can do that? Who can bring a charge against us? It is God who justifies or makes us right. Who is he that condemns? Is it Jesus? I mean, Jesus is perfect and we're not perfect and Jesus has done it all. Jesus has all authority. Is it Jesus that condemns? No, it's not. And here's how we know and why we know. Because Christ Jesus who died More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus doesn't have time to condemn us. He's too busy interceding for us. No, it is not Jesus working against us. It is the enemy working against us. Against us. Verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. None of those things. None of those things like addiction or none of those things like broken relationships or a problem with finances or teenagers or kids or disrespect. None of those things can separate us from the love of God. For as it is written, and then he's quoting the book of Psalm, chapter 44, verse 22, he says, For your sake we face death all day long. Well, why would we want to do that? Nobody wants to do that. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Well, what does that mean? mean. Here's what that means. Just because you are a Christian does not mean that you will not have hard times. And having hard times does not mean that you have been left by God. In fact, verse 37 says, no, in all these things, all of our hardships, all of the pain that we endure in life, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is what we can be thankful for.
We can't do it. Jesus did it. God loves us and he knows us and he knows our pain and he knows our suffering and he comes alongside us and he says, let's do this together. In conclusion, I want to read that same passage of scripture. It's a little bit paraphrased and there's some words highlighted and this, I believe, is what that passage is communicating to us. Romans eight twenty six to 39. The Spirit helps me in my weakness. I do not know what I ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for me with groans that words cannot express. And this means that God knows me better than I do. And he who searches my heart knows the mind of my spirit. This is in me. And the spirit intercedes for me in accordance with God's will and his plan. And I know that in all things God works for my good. For I have been called according to his purpose. For God made me. He also planned for me to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That Jesus might have many brothers and sisters like me who know Jesus. And he planned me. And he also called me. He also sees me as right with him. He also glorified me. What then shall I say in response to this? If God is for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, Jesus, graciously give me all things? Who will bring any charge against me? It is God who justifies. Jesus does not condemn. Christ Jesus who died. More than that. Who has raised to life at the right hand of God. And is also interceding for me. Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. Hard times will come. But in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And this, and for this, I should be thankful.
then the question becomes, are you on the winning team? There is a war that's being waged. It's a war between all things good and all things evil. And God loves us so much that he sent his son to do all of these things for us that when we accept him as our king and our God and our savior, we get the victory. Jesus invites us. He says in the book of Revelation that he stands at the door and he knocks. And if anyone will open the door, he says, I will come in. The Bible tells us that when we accept Christ as Savior, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, which moves into us. The Bible teaches us that we do not want to go to hell and that it's better to be with God for eternity in heaven. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you have one thing to be thankful for that transcends every other part of your life here on earth and into all of eternity, and that is that God sent his Son to save us from everything that could harm us. If you know Jesus, be thankful. If you're not sure if you know Jesus, if you've never been baptized into Christ, I want to extend an invitation to you to give your life to Jesus so that you too can live for him. Let's pray. How do we say thank you? How can we repay you? We can't. Help us to live for you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. If I had only known